Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Coming to you live from the Ray Horseman Studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Welcome to our Valentine's Day show, lovers. Love is in the air, or maybe that's just a smell of Doritos or Miranda Street. Anyway, matchmaker Katie Chen is here to explain the ancient art of pairing up human beings. Barbie and Ken were made for each other, but would they have been a couple without the helping hand of Mattel? And should you be bringing your sweetie this Valentine's Day to see the new film Isn't It Romantic? Well, we don't have access to that one, but we'll review the classic rom-com Pretty Woman about a wealthy man who falls in love with a prostitute he hired to help you make your decision. I'm Adam Felber. Think of me as a winged cherub flying about the studio with my bow and arrows, emptying my quiver in an attempt to keep the show in line. And now meet the woman who dodges every one of my shafts. Ew. Paula Poundstone! (laughs) I welcome Paula. And thank you to tonight's house band, Euphonium player, Angelina No. Oh my gosh, that must have been a hard name to be raised with. It, well, she wasn't raised with it, I don't think. I think that Angelina, were you married? Were you married into the name No or raised with it? Uh, married into You married, married into oh, No. God. That's good because when you're little, you know, you do something and your yeah. parents say, Angelina, No. And you say what? <laughs> <laughs> that would just be a tough name. Yeah. Uh, Poundstone. So by you way. said yes to No. <laughs> All right. That's yeah. love. I bet she's never heard that one before yeah, too. That, that's oh, got to be love. You know. Um, Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, to you too, Adam. I should have brought you like a little Valentine's, the kind you, that you get in the box uh, from the Rite Aid. You didn't. I, I, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> Do you know, I, I read a statistic that said last year Americans spent $751 million on their pets for Valentine's Day. $751 million yep. on their pets. And that was just one guy for his bunny. Yeah, that's one uh, pampered bunny. Yeah, I yeah. just gave it a, a nice car. Probably that Starbucks um, guy. Uh, isn't that amazing? That's it is a amazing. lot of money. Well, it's for a pets. little less amazing when you think about what, what what people spend on people on Valentine's Day. Um, Four point seven billion. Wow. On jewelry alone. Wow. Uh, looks like two billion on flowers. One point eight on candy. One point nine billion. On clothing, and for evenings out, like going to see the new Rebel Wilson romantic comedy, yeah, three point seven billion dollars. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a true. That's not love. It, no, I don't no. think it is love. No, that's, no, it's, that's it's, commerce. It's, yeah, it's um, 
I guess you're guilted into displaying love through commerce on Valentine's Day. Yeah. The only thing that's a comfort to me about this is that they spend more on Halloween. They do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's do. good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that makes you, <laughs> makes you feel better, doesn't it? Does it does kind of, kind of pick this. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like Valentine's Day. Do you have any Valentine's Day plans this year? Any? Uh... I don't even know what day it is. I don't even know. It's what, always the well, same day. It's the 14th, it's, yeah. but I don't know what the day of the week it'll be. I don't know what I'm doing that day. I don't care about Valentine's Day. Not really your thing. All. Wow. Uh, I don't... You know who I feel bad for? Who? Your pets. Yeah, they're getting nothing. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. like it. Yeah, they're going to be at the window looking at all the other pets, okay. yeah, well... opening their presents. <laughs> uh, my pet's not a bupkis. Um, what I'm thinking of doing is uh, cleaning the floor over near the chimney of the pee that my cats have done. There. So Santa Cherub can come down the chimney? Yeah, just, mean, you know, it's just a gift to them. It's just a gift like, to let them. Me, that's what, let that's me what, clean your pee well, that, for that you. That is an expression of love of some yeah. sorts, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I'm probably, I, I imagine Jeannie and I will go out to dinner or something. On Valentine's Day, you'll go out to dinner? Yeah, maybe the night before. Or maybe, you know what, I'll probably make a nice dinner. Oh. This is sounding like every night to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really got to re-strategize this yeah. thing. Yeah, what I was thinking I would do for my cats is pet them and sift their litter boxes. Yeah. Okay, well that's yeah. sweet, but you yeah. do that all the time. I do that every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every day is full of hearts. So have you love. ever done anything for Valentine's Day? I mean, I know no, you're not really never. the dating type. No, I don't. So this date. show might be a little awkward I don't, for you. Like, I don't like sex, and so dating just seems right misleading. But you had to at some point figure out you didn't like sex. No. <sighs> no, you just knew. It's always new. <laughs> That's I just, wonderful. Yeah, the idea has just always really put me off. It's never appealed to you. No, yeah. I'm hoping I can, you know, maybe someday I'll find someone for whom that's a match. Well, you know, there's a lot of people out there who who don't like sex. Maybe that yeah. person is your special someone. Yeah, we could just spend time together not having like you sex. Like do with all your friends. Yeah, yeah just see. going over the bills and arguing. <laughs> wow <laughs> I feel like that will make Valentine's Day all the sadder for you <laughs> yeah I'm singing yeah I might start on my taxes that day that's how I was going to handle Valentine's Day um, no I don't care about it at all okay uh, but yeah. hey now don't we uh, oh we have a thing to talk about we have a thing to talk about right. no see I grew up in Massachusetts and therefore the the smell of confectioner uh, well no confection was uh, always in the air it was always in the air yes. we, uh, when the I, Neko company the New England Candy Company yeah I only found out this year that that was what it stood for you didn't didn't occur to you any other way no see now I used to rehearse uh, for my improv company in Boston right near the Cambridge Necco uh, Candy Factory. And, yeah. and for our listeners who don't know, Necco, until last year when they went out of business, was the company that had more or less cornered the market on those candy hearts with those slogans on them that everybody gives out on Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah. They're, they, those are Neckos. Yeah. Those are Neckos. Yeah, and ne the, the only other candy that I'm aware they made was this horrible, vile, coin-shaped roll called Necco Wafer. The worst. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was barely a candy. It was yeah. like, here's a... Here's medicine that won't do anything for you. Yeah, yeah. it was it was more used for um, gambling. Yes, because they were chalky in the size of poker chips, and yeah, they tasted exactly. about as good. Yeah, and yeah. that way, there, if somebody caught you gambling, you could go, "No, yeah. eating these Necco wafers." But so it's gonna be. It's, it's gonna. Mm. <laughs> I'm trying to quit things that taste good. I'm just eating these all the time. Well, but you know, I always one of the only fun things about Valentine's uh, was the the goofy, you know. 
I, I remember we had a uh, one of the staff at my high school, Mrs. George. She would bring in a bag of those, and uh, yeah, the hearts with a little slogan. Yeah, on and when people would come into her office, she'd let them choose which it's one. So sweet. So by the time you got like, uh, you know, hug me, um, you know, several people had touched it. Oh, <laughs> maybe this is where the beginnings of you not enjoying physical intimacy started. Yeah, yeah, just that, just that taste that's, of the hug me after uh, I've been touched. That's been by touched so many by everybody people. else in the class. Yeah, I can't even remember. No, it was like kiss me was one of them, and uh, uh, I forget what all the the little words were. It was a little provocative. It was a little racy for us kids. I thought. Yeah. Nobody ever, you know, by the time we were of an age where we might do those things, nobody gave a shit about those candies anymore. Well, this was high school. High school. Yeah, yeah. Oh. People did. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, it was I, a great school. Maybe you just from. matured more quickly than the oh, others. Oh, yeah. I lost I my virginity in, in the second grade. <laughs> wow. That's a that's yeah. a beautiful uh, Valentine's Day story. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, all right. I didn't, everyone. Um, let's, let's go on. Um, but hey, uh, in case, lest anyone panic, I looked this up. Don't panic about candy. I wasn't even allowed hearts. to talk to the boys in the second grade. <laughs> oh, they're the worst. You, apparently, your teacher wasn't as strict as Miss White. Oh, Miss Wachtel was Yeah, Miss White caught you talking to the boys. You Ms. were, you were would... out of the classroom, man. Really? Oh, yeah. Was she a nun? No, it's just that she didn't want anybody talking to anybody, you know, because it was class time. And, I, I But apparently you. you were over near the closet. I was um, kidding about the whole oh, losing okay. my virginity. Right, my mistake. Well, Ms. Wachtel, my, my teacher, would make me write, I will not be late to school a hundred times. No. In a little assignment book. Yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. It happened more than once. Yeah. So I'm sure hundred. that didn't delay you. Uh, it did not. Uh, um, um, so uh, I wanted to, to console our listeners. For one, the Neko company, um, the rights to make that candy has been bought by another company. They just couldn't ramp up production this year. Oh, and this year. Oh, my gosh. Thank goodness. But even don't even panic for this year because this year the slack is being picked up by the Brax company, which had 20 percent of the market before Neko bowed out. Oh, wow. This is really a relief. Um, yeah, well, we asked our listeners. Yes, thank you. You know, you're doing the good segues tonight, and I'm not. Thank you. We asked our <laughs> listeners to come up with slogans that they would like to see on a candy heart. Yeah, and they they responded. Just if on only our there was page. time to get these to Brock's in time. Yeah, uh, and maybe they had there some will very be very good ones. Yeah, for example, I was partial to uh, the heart that might say "Try Polly." Yeah, yeah. A lot of people suggested that. <laughs> I think it was just to get at me. <laughs> Because yeah. as we said, you, you've been claiming that your T-shirts are made with a remarkably soft tri-poly blend. My T-shirts, yeah, uh, my Paul Poundstone T-shirts are made said. with a remarkably soft tri-poly blend. <laughs> I, I thank you for bringing it up. Yeah, and, I always, and I frequently bring up that a tri-poly blend is not a thing. It is. That's why it should be on a candy heart, tri-poly. Um, many people also suggested, and this was to my dismay, uh -huh. uh, Adam's on every show. Oh, that could be on a heart. Yeah, people that, would love that. Yeah, that's another, yeah. that's another sort of degrading thing that people tend to say about me because of you. That's not degrading. It, Adam's it on is. every show. You should take pride in that. Yeah, but it's, but it's um, not really a compliment. They call you a genius and I'm on every show. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, Laura Harland, uh, listener yeah. Laura Harland suggested oh, uh, that on a candy heart it'd say, eat something better. I love that one. That's uh, a really yeah. clever suggestion. Uh, Linda Zoltan Wood proposed, bite me. <laughs> and I'm surprised that that one's not there already. And uh, it, yeah, it probably is on the harsher candies. Uh, Sarah Anderson wrote, just eat chalk. Well, Apparently she's not, tasted these. Yeah, she's not a, a big yeah. fan of the, of the uh, candy heart. No, there were some political suggestions. Jason Woe uh, wrote, dump Trump. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one, but it's it's not very evergreen. 
Hopefully, by next Valentine's Day, no. it won't be a thing. I have a bad feeling. We're going to be eating those year in, year out. <laughs> Joe Shelton had the simple message, impeach, which, uh, let's give Joe credit, that would fit on a candy heart. Yeah. 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 A lot of the Democrats are ignoring that. <laughs> <laughs> when Mrs. George offers them one, they're going to pretend they didn't see the impeach. They're going to say, not yet. Not yet. That's it's not what time. they're going to say. Yeah. yeah. Next Valentine's Day. Yeah. They're going to say, I'm going to eat the tripoli and Adam's on every show, and I'm going to save the impeach. Julie Gibbs suggested uh, Thomas Coyne was here. And by the way, that's W. U-Z. Yeah, I think uh, she Thomas thought she was Coyne saving was space by going U-Z instead of A-S. Uh, yeah. Or maybe it's just more woofable. Um, Thomas Coyne, uh, as most people know, is our survivalist who's still missing. He was going to come on this show to teach us how to avoid a bear attack, and we are as yet still vulnerable to bear attacks. Okay, um, Kaz Kukuk had this... Oh, Kukuk had... Kaz Kukuk. Or Kukuk. Yeah. <laughs> no, Believe me. Kaz, that's what you say when you got one of those hearts stuck in your throat. <laughs> had the sweet suggestion, <laughs> I heart PP. Oh, which that's either beautiful. Means it's, it's either a beautiful compliment to you or a sign of a urine fetish. Yeah, I was going to say, he's a urologist. Yeah, uh, could be. And uh, uh, on, the, on the flip side of that same... Uh, uh, Idea. Yeah, was... C.G. Wordsmith, who suggested do not resuscitate. <laughs> These are some very yeah. uh, romantic... Or there was Jason Hoffman's Get Tested. Very romantic. I, I uh, guess you'd hand somebody that one after sex. Yeah, get yeah. tested. Yeah. yeah. Um, well... <laughs> I just want to say, if that was your only protection, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I always and, keep a bag of candy hearts by the bedside, just in case I get lucky. Yeah, I have, and they all yeah. say, get tested. Yeah, they say, <laughs> if you eat one just after sex, you should be in the clear. Uh, and and Darrow uh, came up with the less than romantic go away. Uh-huh, and yeah. Brian uh, Wyant wrote, uh, leave me alone. Okay. Um, these, by the way, are really turning me on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rebecca Pele Marie suggested, uh, let me sleep. And I am... You're down with that. I'm totally on her side Why with that. Why don't you hand yeah. those to your cat? That's one of the problems, I think, with sex in general, is that it w- it often takes place during a time where you should be sleeping. And It doesn't uh, have to. You could say the same thing well, about just about anything you do at night. Do, it's it, often done in the bed. People often say done go in the to bed. bed. So with someone. You go TV to bed watching with often done in the bed. Yeah, but... You could just not like sex without trying to find rationales why, why the rest of us are all wrong to like it. All right. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination 
of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress match in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured, like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, 
and so comfortable that honestly, like right as I got them up to my waist, I I, I think my eyes closed. They're so co- it's a softness. It's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment. Honestly, you know my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that too. Like so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quinn sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't (laughs) think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What did Barb McDonald propose? Barb McDonald proposed one of two. One of two. What does yeah. that mean? It means I'm one of a set of two, I guess, or oh. you're one of a set of two, or oh. or I have two boyfriends. Oh. I don't know what it means. I don't know either. But it was, it was mysterious and intriguing, yeah, and I'd like is. to see it, it on heart. And Shannon Butler wrote, bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> Nick McGray wrote, crinkle, crinkle, a, uh, a reference to our own producer, Bonnie Burns, who is already, I can see behind you, twisting up. Look how she's folding up the, those papers. <laughs> Bonnie has- if they were flat, they wouldn't make noise. But now that she's kind of dog-earing them, yeah. she's going to be crinkling them later in the show. Yeah. So uh, one of our producers, Bonnie Burns, who uh, is supposed to be kind of a silent partner during the show. Yes. Um, but she's yes. become the entire, she become the Foley artist for the show. It's amazing. The unwanted and unnecessary Foley yeah. artist. You, we never need it to sound like we are walking through fresh fallen snow, for yeah. instance. But and yet frequently that's yeah, a sound that somehow emits from Bonnie's corner of the room. It's a crunch, crunch sound. Crunch, 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 um, crunch. Um, then there's uh, Michael Curley wrote, you are enough. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> or adequate he spelled it. Good. He spelled it. The letter U, the letter R, and E-N-U-F-F. And I, I take issue with the spelling but but i think uh, i think the what our listeners are saying is that they've paid attention to these candy hearts and they often have Ill- irregular spelling yeah well that explains a lot of the illiterates that yeah. we have uh <laughs> walking right. about marcia shower today. said uh take a number and tim freeman tim freeman you might remember him he was one of our first house bands playing yeah, the guitar in yeah harmonic. he was great he, he wrote uh smash the patriarchy with me that's that's beautiful. It would require a big candy heart, but I love that one. Yeah. Well, that one would just go all around the side. It would circle. Now, a bunch of people proposed a uh, whore mark, <laughs> uh, should... which doesn't sound particularly romantic. <laughs> no, but it was a refer- It was an inside reference on this show. Because if you remember, um, we had a tattoo removal artist, Dr. Rosenberg, I believe, on I our show remember, about yes. a month ago. 
and we talked about the the tattoo that people get, um, which we I was told was called a tramp stamp. The one just a. In fact, he told us it was called a tramp stamp. He said yeah. tramp stamp yeah. on his show, and that's one of the tattoos that people frequently get removed. Yeah, and people one in of the seventies list- got a super tramp stamp, <laughs> right? <laughs> Except it was placed very high. Uh, <laughs> But um, but one of our listeners took umbrage to that. Yeah, remember, just one listener, not yeah. not not a lot. Very, and, they were very upset. And you suggested an alternative just about a week or so ago, which was that would be less offensive. I can't remember. It was the one that's on that candy heart. Uh, whore mark. Oh, whore mark. That was yeah. your suggestion. Oh, that was me for an alternative to oh. a, to. A, to <laughs> yeah, and the reason it does sound better. It, <laughs> Does it though? Yeah. <laughs> she has the mark of the whore. Hey, she's got the mark of the whore. <laughs> you can see it rising over the top of her jeans. Um, <laughs> I, I, that's the mark of the whore, all right. Pirate uh, love. But the reason I bring it up is because I, I got an interesting tweet from one of our listeners just yesterday because I guess he just listened to that show where you suggested uh-huh. the whore mark and he thought it would be fun to share his tweet. It was Gavin Trustwick. It um, was not. Yes, it was. And you'll find out why it was that in a minute. He wrote, I think tramp stamp is fine. In Dutch, such a tattoo is sometimes referred to as an arsgave, which translates to ass antlers, mostly due to the tribal nature of some, most, all of these tattoos. You know, they're pointy. Oh, are they pointy? Yeah. Well, they often have like a yeah. kind of a flourishy, maybe like ram's horned kind of yeah kind of well, look I, to them. I do think it's true that for people who maybe um, felt that tramp stamp wasn't flattering, uh, <laughs> that when you consider might... the possibility of ass antlers, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly you might even name your firstborn yeah. tramp stamp. Yeah. <laughs> so... Suddenly, it takes on a, uh, a, a sort of a I think you earthy might as well, charm. You, yeah. you might as well just go with it. these. These are my three kids. You know, this is this is ass antlers, uh, whore mark, and, and tramp stamp. And my son, tramp stamp. <laughs> I just want to say that if someone happens to leave off a basket of golden retriever puppies at my house, <laughs> yes. and there's three of them. You're going to name them That's that? their names. All right. Now, I want to let our Come listeners Hormark. know. Come, <laughs> Hormark. Sit. Ass antler. <laughs> Ass antlers. Put that down. <laughs> Bad tramp stamp. Okay. <laughs> tramp stamp, get out of the trash. <laughs> Back in the silent era, they had those little tramp stamps. Oh, uh. These are all very good ideas. By the way. I think if I were asked by uh, Neko uh, uh-huh. what I would want on my uh, uh, on your candy on, heart, yeah, if I were well, to write, do you have a an candy idea heart, for? I have an idea for candy heart. Mm-hmm. I think mine would say "good listener" or "let's talk." <laughs> <laughs> let's talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one, don't you think? It's, it's conversational. It's, it's yeah. almost like what you'd find on a test in grade school. What do you mean? Like a teacher would write that on a. Oh, test. let's no. She would write "see me." See me. <laughs> oh, that was always yeah. That yeah. was when Miss White wrote "see me." Yeah, Miss Wachtel yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah knew, you knew you were in trouble. What about you? Do you have? Uh... I would go with something like um, "help" or "I'm being kidnapped" or "I'm your" spelled "you are real dad." Like something that just kind of thickens I'm, the plot between people. I'm your real dad? I'm your real dad. Oh, that is so romantic. Well, it's not supposed to be romantic. Yeah, it's not yeah. romantic, but Wait, it's you didn't interesting. Think Valentine's candy was supposed to be romantic? It you never thought it was, is. You thought it was just supposed to be interesting? I like icebreakers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Get in my van. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That would be great. Not so much romantic. <laughs> yeah, I would love no. that. Well, you know, it is all about love this week, and we'll be back with matchmaker Katie Chen and our review of Pretty Woman and so much more to say about romance after this on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. <laughs> Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is supported in part by Away, makers of first-class luggage at a coach price. Away has the perfect gift for everybody on your list. Now, I want to say, I love my Away luggage so, so much. That so you've been taking extra trips that you weren't really planning on as uh, yes. a result of having Away luggage? Yes, because I feel like I can get away much more easily now. Uh-huh, that's great. It does help me get away. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. I, I, you know, luggage to me is like real estate, so right. uh, luggage is very important to me. Every inch is valuable. Exactly. I live, I live half my week out of a suitcase. And so if there were a kind of luggage that actually made more space for you through a patented compression system. Oh, my God. So, like, I've already had an addition to the home. Right, right. It's like an yeah. addition. Like, it basically compacts your backyard and expands your home. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. A bigger. No, I would assume a bigger living room. That's what everyone wants. Yes, yes. In this metaphor, you can have whatever room you want bigger. I could play ping pong in that suitcase. Yes, you could play <laughs> ping pong in that suitcase. My point is, is that it compresses really nicely. Also, you occasionally charge your cell phones, don't you? I charge my cell phones frequently. Do you ever find yourself in a position where you you don't have a place to charge your cell phone while you're traveling. Yes. What if there was a battery that allowed you to charge your cell phone on board the suitcase? On my suitcase? On your suitcase. Oh, my. There's not. Yeah, it's considered smart luggage. Oh, my God. That'd be great. I, I had a suitcase once. It was so dumb. It went home with the wrong person. Wow. That's a dumb suitcase. Well, yeah. this is a smart one. I don't know how smart it is, but it does have a removable... Uh, rechargeable battery that you can charge your phones on up oh, to that's nine great. times. Yeah, that's that's a clever idea. Yeah, and I just so I just take it out at security, and then I take it out again when I get on the plane, and put it in my pocket, and I never have to worry about my devices, you know, running out of charge on a plane. Uh huh. And then you can stick it right back into. You can plug in your luggage when you get back get back to the hotel. Plug in your luggage. Yeah. Yeah. Or as I like to call it, pluggage. Yeah. And if anything breaks, they'll fix and repair it for you uh, for your life. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, that's really good because I am planning on being around for a long time. Right, and, uh, and I like the you're idea that break my, this company somewhere down the line. Yeah, that my luggage would be with me the <laughs> yeah. entire time. Yeah, exactly. Well, for twenty dollars off a suitcase, Paula, there's a special offer here. Do you want to read the address? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a special offer. There's a special offer, and it involves your name. All right, for twenty dollars off a suitcase, and that's a good chunk that's, of change. That's a good chunk of change because the prices are not too high on these suitcases. Visit awaytravel.com/poundstone20. Mm-hmm. All right, let me say that again. Yeah. This is all with no spaces and all uh, lowercase, uh, lower suitcase. Awaytravel.com <laughs> slash Poundstone20 and use code Poundstone20 at checkout. What could be easier? It's really easy. Poundstone20 at checkout with no spaces, all lowercase. Yeah, uh, because this season, everyone wants to get away. <laughs> Oh, that's sweet. Thank you so much. Um, now, Auntie, you're terrific. The euphonium, by the way, and if you, if, if you out there don't know what a euphonium is, it's like a little tuba, right? Would you call it a little tuba? A baby tuba or the... Uh, love a baby tuba. Oh, great. A, a love tuba. child. That's keeping with our <laughs> Very Valentine's, Valentine's theme. theme. And we're going to move right ahead with that. Now, um, Paula, you're not, as we've established, in a search for a soulmate at the moment. <laughs> not right now, but you never know when it could kick in. Right. I and, could just be a late bloomer. You could be a late bloomer, and as you said, you might be you might be open to finding a soulmate who, like yourself, is not into 
any of that kissy kissy stuff. Yeah. As it were. Yeah. We're going to find out. Maybe there's a way to find somebody exactly like that for you. It's a dream. Or And for all our other listeners, because we're here to help you all. As a child, Katie Chen heard her mother and her friends trying to fix people up and decided she wanted to do that in a more structured way. She got a degree in psychology and today is co-founder of Catch Matchmaking. Please welcome Katie Chen. <laughs> Thank you, House Band and Lena. No, Katie, you're a matchmaker. Welcome. Thank you. Now, Paul is not in the market for your services right now, as far as we know. Um, but if she walked into her, your office, what's the first thing you would have her do? So, what's the beginning, Katie? Someone comes to an office, or how do they find you to begin with? Well, people find us through our events, or they look online. They're mm-hmm. sick of online dating or apps, and so they come in and fill out a profile so we can screen them. Mm -hmm. And my job is to sit down with you Mm one-on-one and figure out, well, is this realistic? Is this just not attainable? And assess if there's going to be a success rate if we work with you. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And and so they're already telling you what they want? Is that why you say, is this realistic? Yes. Yeah. Do people often come in with very unrealistic expectations about what they can get out there? I think all of us have a sense of a fantasy in our head uh-huh. of what we want. Right. And we have a view of that, but it doesn't really get tested with apps and online. People just throw it out there and see if they can catch what they can get. Uh-huh. So with us, yes, you have to assess and see, well, this is what you want, but who's looking for that and how do you attract that? So, Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That sounds brutal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you, I mean, you really have to talk people down sometimes. I mean, you don't have to say things like, "Look, you're a you're not like Donald Trump about this. You're not like, "Look, you're a six at best." Right. I mean, there's just some things that are glaring and bizarre. Like I can think of this one person who came in and said with a straight face. Uh-huh. Now, the curiosity got the best of me because in the profile he said, "Okay, I'm looking for a woman to have kids with as soon as possible." And preferably, I like three sons because my skill as a math teacher is more suitable to teach sons that. I'm like, okay. Wow. wow. So you wanted to screen out daughters. <laughs> yes. So yeah. I was very curious. I should have stopped there and said, don't bring them in. But we bring them in because I'm so curious. How, yeah. do, how do I do this? Yeah. How do I screen just sons for you? And he said preferably triplets. Because that's more efficient. Triplets I can teach or, them or all conjoined at once. triplets. So all this guy cares about <laughs> is teaching. This guy wants to teach math to three sons as quickly as he can. Yes. That's all. That's his goal. He would like to sign up soon. Yeah. Okay, so this guy comes into your office and what what the hell? What else happens? It sounds like this is not the whole story. Well, the first thing I have to note is is how do we how do we do this? He has an idea. He says women who preferably are not childbearing age range anymore because then we could do artificial insemination. Yes, that's and right. The chances you could do, are greater. Yeah, yeah, in vitro fertilization, and you, you, there's like a centrifuge thing you could do where you separate out the uh, the the two X chromosomes from the X Y chromosome because they have slightly different mass, right? You can also, and this takes a lot of money, but you can actually have Huey, Dewey, and Louie implanted. <laughs> Gosh, uh, into, the ducks. In, yeah, into your uterus, and right. uh, uh-huh. 
and um, they are very receptive to math. That's something a lot of people don't realize. But with terrible speech impediments. Uh, well, you have to put up with a lot of quacking. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, Wow. I, was so just, that's, I would just, it would be horrible trying to hear them say algorithm. So, algorithm. Mm. So they, <laughs> so they, uh, so he wants someone that's not of childbearing age. So he that wants they an can old lady <laughs> yeah, who wants three can, sons pronto. Yeah. But he wants her to still look good. Okay. So, preferably yeah. between the age of whatever he thinks like should still look good. To 40, 55, to yeah. 45, perhaps. Right. Because so, someone at least younger than him. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking, okay, I have to keep a straight face because he's keeping a straight face. Yeah. Okay. And all yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's you guys serious. Do you still have the information on this guy? By the <laughs> oh, way? No, 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 no. <laughs> You're this, looking this, for material for future work. shows? I would no, really, Paul no, like, kind of. You like, you, you like kids. I love kids and I would like, I, I'd like to have boys. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not really a good math teacher. <laughs> no. But you wrote a I book about, you know, you, you, you're math compatible. I, well, I, I wrote some math workbooks with my math teacher from high school, but she did the math part. So anyways, <laughs> uh, what was this? Uh, all right. Okay, so go ahead. How did you do it? Well, in reality, I just told him, how do we present this to women to uh -huh. make it sound normal? Now, oh, what, what do we So put, you were I mean, kind of a gonna, downer. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you got to be realistic because he's, you know. Yeah, I'm curious. I want to learn how how can I improve? My Were you work? able to help this guy, yeah. or what did he? We set him up with a few people uh -huh. um, because, in reality, he said it's okay. You know, I want this, but I think I just want to get married and have kids, and and I'd be willing to to not have to deal with all this criteria that I just came up with. So, uh -huh. so who wants to go out with me? Tell me, and. Oh, we now it's down to reality. Oh, I oh. see. Oh. oh, so it's kind of like he went from a wall to steel slats to a fence <laughs> uh, to a sign to drones. Yeah. Uh huh. To more border agents. Yeah, he was. I um, see what you're saying. Yeah, you negotiated him down. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Let's talk, let's talk about something that Paul and I were discussing um, when we were talking about you behind your back. Let's talk about image consultation. Do you have, uh, you do that. Do you help clients look better than they are or should look? Do you do that? Well. Do the, you make them over? Is there a, like a romantic comedy montage where they walk into a dressing room <laughs> with you and you like sassy shake your head no on the first three outfits they come out with and then uh, uh, shake your head, yeah, that's the one. I think you're imagining, Adam, that this person is is knows what they're doing and is occasion appropriate when he walks in or she oh, walks in. So there's some basket cases that but, come in here. <laughs> you know, the ones that need help in today's day and age, they just don't get that feedback anymore. Their, oh, their right. buddy's not telling him, hey, what are you doing? And <laughs> mom's not saying, hey, don't, don't do that. So there's not that feedback and uh. we're left with checking them out when they roll in. Some of them are wearing something like PJs. People or come in, guys they, come in in their pajamas. They look, no guys owned pajamas anymore, except for in catalogs. <laughs> they want to look more casual. So they want to look casual, so they wear pajamas? They'll uh -huh. wear, if I have to ask them, are you going on a hike after this? Mm -hmm. And they're sweaty looking, and they're wearing a hiking hat and things like that. Hiking uh -huh. we, hat. We need to give some image yeah. consulting. Like, so like you a say, hat or something? So you would say to somebody, I don't think spelunking is a good first date. 
I would have to let them know if you're trying to attract this certain person, uh-huh. you need to look a certain way. Yeah. Unless you're okay with me downgrading the type of match you want. Oh, uh-huh. that's so good. Or if you have to, uh, if you are going on a hiking date, sure, wear occasion appropriate clothing. Yeah. So we're not saying be who you're not. It's just yeah. if you're going on a date, you have to be occasion appropriate. Uh-huh. I see what you're saying. I, I, I always I take it. issue with those with those remake shows where they spend hours fixing their hair because I got news for you. You don't look like that the following day. That's great if somebody for television can fix your hair like that, but the problem is what about when, you know, now you return to your regular life and if you're only appealing with hair done a particular way, then you got problems. You turned back into a pumpkin. Or, exactly. Yeah, that's what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. It, does, it doesn't sound like that's what Katie's doing. It sounds like Katie's no. like giving practical tips for not looking as awful as they come in. Looking. Ditto. Boy. Yeah. Katie, are you looking for a new associate? Because Look, okay, well, I, he's inartful. He's a fast learner. I yeah, know, but I don't Adam, think I'm, Adam's really picked up on this uh, <laughs> this skill. Yeah, this matchification process. All right. So <laughs> tell me about one that's been successful. Just you don't have to say a name or anything, but just give me an example. Somebody came in and you were able to find a match for them and how and why. I think a lot of people have ideas in their head about how things should go. Right. They should let go of that. because yeah, they have to let go of that. So someone came to you with it, and you talked them into letting go of that idea, and what did you talk them into? Well, I had this one couple I set up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you had what? You had, I had a couple Ferguson. who I set up, and the date feedback, because we always ask, what happened? What's the scoop? Yeah. She let me know, I don't want to go on a second date. Everything went really great. He's funny. He's got a great job. And we got along. But I don't think I should go on a second date with him because he walked in front of me. And that was so rude when we left that he walked in front of me. Huh. Oh. I'm like, wait, what? Walked in front of you and, and that's where the date ends? Yeah, I don't think he's considerate. I said, okay, let's back up. You said all this good stuff about him. Right. Go on another date. Be uh-huh. open. Oh, so you didn't spin a story like maybe he was protecting you from a bus or anything. There could be so many reasons. Okay. Whatever right. those reasons are, it, it just, in the end, uh-huh. doesn't matter when you're looking for somebody. Yeah. Right. So going on I another date. I know who this woman is. She takes baby steps. Okay. Yeah, that's probably why. It's infuriating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's just so damn slow when she walks. Just that mincing, Just to get her anywhere, you have steps, to walk yeah. ahead of her and yeah. create like a draft. Okay, so <laughs> fast forward a couple dates later, and one leads to the next, and they're married. And I was inviting to the wedding. Wow. wow. Now, at the wedding, um, when they walked down the yeah. aisle, was she like way behind him? Because I think I know <laughs> <laughs> she was who this really woman slow. is. Yeah. They, had to, they had to play the wedding march six yeah. times yeah, this is just to a, get her down the yeah. ordinary church aisle. <laughs> Baby steps Betty. I know this woman. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so they went on another date, and then... They got married. Yeah. So she was... So did, that's a success story. Yeah, that's, that's a great that's really story. Great. Um, now, since you do review how the first dates went, you've got to have some amazing nightmare stories of first dates, do you? Absolutely. Okay, just, yeah. just tell us the worst one. There's, <laughs> some of them could just be so bizarre that we had to make videos and put them up on YouTube just so that people know... Common sense is probably not so common, so don't mm-hmm. do these things. Do things like what? Okay, just the other, just last week, we had a woman who went on a date, said, ordered appetizers, two entrees, mm-hmm. and goes, you know, I'm not that hungry. Can I, do you mind if I just take the rest home? 
just bizarre. Okay, no. that's bizarre. Did she take out Tupperware? Did was she? <laughs> yeah, did she, was that a plan? Yeah, was it yeah. clear the whole time that she was not going to eat that food that night? Um, well, I could. I don't know. I could see doing that. I yeah, could see well, in the anxiety of, of the moment. I've heard of women who use dating apps as a means of paying for meals. Oh, no, I didn't mean that. No, that would be corrupt. I mean <laughs> well, that you, you sit down, you look at the menu, and you think you're really hungry, and then the anxiety of the moment gets to you, and you don't feel so hungry. I could see that happening. But did yeah. the guy pay for the food? He did. Oh, well, that's wow. weird. Do you recommend that, by the way, on a first date, having the guy pay for the food and not splitting it? To keep it simple, I think just whoever invites you out oh, should pay. I agree. Whoever invites uh, you out should pay. Oh, so then when the, there's two people, one person is just like, no, you go ahead. You ask. No, you ask. No, you ask. <laughs> well, no, you ask. She doesn't lock them in a room together until somebody asks for a date. <laughs> no, that's, that's not how, how you do it, done. is it, Katie? No. It is not how it's done. Oh, I thought it was how it's that's done. No, not how so, it's done. Uh, so you have a file then, right? People come in and they say, well, you know, I'm looking for love and you, and you assess them. And then other people have come in already. And so, you know, you go into your index file and you're like, oh, I think this would be good for this person. Is that right? Yeah, we compare basically the requirements, the expectations, and see if the other person would appreciate you. And uh-huh. if there's a chance, oh, like if there's word. like a 75% chance, we think, okay, if you sit in front of each other, there's going to be a chance of some connection. Mm-hmm. Then we would present both parties to each other. And the worst mistake people make, I think, is not going on a first date even. Mm-hmm. Even when we present them with a softball, they refuse to go out. Wow. Mm-hmm. So they're being too picky just based on a description. What else? Are there any red flags that let you know that somebody who's come to you really isn't ready for a serious relationship? I think when people are still living with their exes. Oh, and yeah. And oh, they're when... still living with their exes? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That can happen. There's... Really? Oh, but yeah. They tell you with a straight face, I'm living with my ex because, well, it would be wrong to try to split up our child caring duties. It would be too complicated. Mm-hmm. So if we just lived together, it would be a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't really realize, saying that out loud, how does that sound to a potential match? Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we can't go back to my place because my ex is there. Yeah, right. because my wife and kids are there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, a, that's a Valentine's don't. Right. Um, what, are, what, what are the do's and don'ts of the first date? The first mistake I think people make is not even going on the date. Right. So right, right, right. But beyond but, but getting that. getting to that date. Yeah. Like, A, you should probably wear pants. Right, if you're probably a Probably a good idea. There you go. Uh-huh. And the other part is when they're on the date, they are just being too serious. It's almost like an interview where you just feel like there's a list of questions being fired off. Mm-hmm. And you can almost see the check marks going on. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, and yeah feeling sort of judged or instead of being so serious people should really try to do something that they actually have fun doing themselves too Uh like what kinds of things do you recommend people go do on a first date ping pong yeah something that they're hopefully a little bit familiar with Uh um and they're not fumbling around Uh so like surgery <laughs> like if there's a surgeon, right? You know, you would say to the. I don't think you would take a, take take a date to like open heart surgery where you really need your full attention. <laughs> what if you're OBGYN, right. right? And you've gotten the call, right? And you go, you know what? Why don't you come with me? This will be fun. Yeah. I, how do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's something unique. They won't forget you. Yeah. Won't forget yeah. You. yeah. <laughs> Here, you hold the left leg. 
Yeah. 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 Get the head. Get the head. Um, I have. A, a... I dream this would happen to us someday. <laughs> okay. Now let's take it from that do's and don'ts stuff to something a little more personal. How deeply into the whole sexual thing do you get? Like, in terms of like openness or even interest in it. Like, if Do you're you matching Paula up with that? somebody, you don't want to men- uh, match her up with Warren Beatty. <laughs> for one, he's too old for you. Well, yeah. I was Okay, a younger Warren Beatty, I made, yeah. made a rare exception to the rule. Really? Yeah, But maybe. like, he famously, had, the reason I brought him up is he famously had like a, just an enormous sexual appetite. Yeah. Which might not be completely compatible with somebody who does not want to ever have sex. You know what? Maybe a little bit of me would have rubbed off on him. <laughs> and a lot of him would have rubbed off on you. <laughs> Pretty much every I mean, hour I think or two. If, if I was with Warren Beatty and yeah. he had a tremendous, um, I, I, a tremendous sexual appetite, mm-hmm. I think um, he might have dieted. Really? Yeah. You might have put him on a diet. Yeah. Katie, does that kind of strategy work, or do you try to get into that thing just like a little bit? I think a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to come up. Mm-hmm. Right. But do you ever get like people who say things like, I want someone who's going to love me, nurture me, and have sex with me while I'm wearing a bear costume? Like, do wow. you get stuff like that? You know, <laughs> Like the bear costume. That's is really probably going to be any time now. I've been in business 10 years, yeah, and fur- furries it doesn't are surprise a thing. me. Oh, furries <laughs> are a thing, yeah. Oh, they're, they, they're people that wear bear costumes? Is well, no, thing? animal costumes. Uh, yeah. They're called furries. Oh, Jesus. That's a thing. <laughs> this is making... And for some people, it's not a sexual thing, and for some people, it is. Some people, wearing a, a like a bunny suit is a sexual thing? Yeah. You know what I That's advise absurd. you not to do? Do not go home and Google furries. Yeah. Just don't do it. And is if it... you do, don't click the image tab. Is it... <laughs> <laughs> just it's promise what... me you won't do this, Paula. This just makes no sense to me whatsoever. But, okay. uh, you know, I'm happy for them. Don't get me wrong. I am too. Um, so so do, did you already know, um, Katie, about the furries? Did I know about the furries? Yeah. Oh, gosh. No. <laughs> so I'm the yeah, only I'm person at the table. from you guys. <laughs> yeah. okay. She's a matchmaker. Oh, oh, great. Are you phonist? The euphonium player knew about the furries. You did? You heard about the phone. And how about you? And look at that. Tony and Anita Hall. Tony and Anita Hall knew about the furries. All right. Yeah. I'm not alone. Yeah. Let's go out later, you two. Yeah. You guys are a match. <laughs> We've got this amazing koala outfit that you guys need to see. Um, Uh, I have a theory, by the way, and try this in your work, Katie. Um, I have a theory. (laughs) I have a theory about matchmaking, that there are people who like the um, tiki birds at Disneyland, and there are people who don't, and they never, you can't pair them up. It's all the tiki lounge to you. Yeah. You can take a tiki bird lover and put them with a tiki bird lover. But I think, you know, I know that a lot of times it's, you know, it's money and and sex and people who are workaholics that pull couples apart. But I think if you were to further investigate, um, on like divorces and breakups, it would really come down to the tiki room. Tiki birds lovers and not tiki birds lovers. And how do, by how the do way, you feel about that, Katie? I think if we added that, it could increase our success rate. It, I'm right? certain that it would. Yeah. And I think there's got to be a little extra a- appendix to that, because I think there are people who don't particularly like the Tiki Room at Disney World and D- Disneyland, but do suffer through it because it's the only place in that entire theme park where you can get that pineapple soft serve ice cream. 
No, it has nothing to do with this. this really? This is pure tiki bird love or okay. not. All right. And by the way, in case you're wondering, I like the tiki birds. I'm okay with tiki birds. Yeah. There. Mm. Is that your hand on my knee? Uh, that's not my hand. <laughs> that was just that yeah. fast. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Katie Chen, for guiding us towards a soulmate. Paula, what advice can you give our listeners about matchmaking? Angelina, can you give me some love background music uh, on your euphonium? What a house band. For God's sakes, go on the first date. You're not going to get married without a first date unless you have a really good catalog picture. (laughs) Have fun on your date. Don't ask interview questions. Don't take it too seriously. On the other hand, if it's between telling knock-knock jokes and getting your date's genetic map, go ahead and ask, what hours can you work and do you have your own car? (laughs) Balloon animals can be fun. And on a second or third date, you might wear a remarkably soft tri-polyblend t-shirt. Katie Chen is a matchmaker and co-founder of Catch Matchmaking. Thank you so much for being on our show, Katie. Thank you, Katie. The Cat of the Week is Tank from Washoe Valley, Nevada. Hey, Paula, your terrific book, The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness, which is a mouthful of a title, is now out in paperback. And it's also available for download, and it's an audiobook now, right? Yeah, yeah. I I was the reader aloud her. It's unabridged and directed by Jorge Reyes, who, by the way, has been our house band on the saxophone many a time. Many a time. He's also a cousin of our, uh, uh, of our producer, um, Ray Horseman. Yeah, they're very close. Very close. Um, <laughs> and, well, anyway, your book is one of the five books nominated for an Audi Award, so congratulations on that. Thank you. And it's made it to the semifinals for the prestigious Thurber Award. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, people listen to it. Tell me, they enjoyed it. Yeah, well, that's good. I, I it, it's an enjoyable book. Now, I know you hate self promotion, so let I me do. give you let me give you another assist. <laughs> Fans of your book and you will have a chance to see Paula Poundstone live upcoming in Atlanta, Georgia, on February twenty second at the Buckhead Theater, and in Coral Springs, Florida, February twenty third at the Coral Springs Center. You can find out the rest of Paula's tour dates on her website, paulapoundstone.com. Oh, man, thanks for taking that load off me. got it, friend. I'm always amazed that you commit my travel itinerary to memory like that. Yeah, it's not not weird or anything. No, no. No. I don't feel stalked in any way. No, because I wouldn't be stalking you. You call me late at night and go, are you in Coral Springs yet? I just want to keep tabs on you to make sure that I know that you're safe. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, house band Angelina No. Oh, man, I love me some euphonium music on Valentine's Day. Always have. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it brings out the best in the holiday. It sure does. Um, now, Paula, as you know, when a, when a hit movie sequel is about to come out, you and I tend to get together at my place and watch... And we watch the original. Right. So that people know if they should watch the sequel or not. But right. this time it's a little bit different. It's challenging because on Valentine's Day there's a romantic comedy coming out. It's um, Isn't It Romantic with Rebel Wilson and the, the whole plot of it is that she finds herself accidentally inside a typical rom-com. Yeah. 
And, so but, what we did was we watched a typical rom-com. Right, because they never have sequels because they live happily ever after at the end of rom-coms. Yeah. So we decided, and we found out that you and I both have a massive gap in our cultural literacy in that neither of us had seen the highest box office grossing romantic comedy of all time, 1990s Pretty Woman. Wow. And I would have thought Manchester by the Sea or the Iger Sanction. <laughs> neither... Technically a rom-com, are they? Oh, yes. Oh, they are? Oh, yes. The uh, Iger Sanction. In fact, I am making a balloon animal yeah. of Clint Eastwood You're not. in the Iger Sanction. Yeah. I am. You're no. not going to... Yeah, it's going to be good. I got to say, you've done one twist in it, and, um, already and it, it is a like pink balloon, Clint so it's, it's, it's in the neighborhood of Eastwood already. Yeah. So Yeah. It's uh, just from the Iger Sanction. It, I don't think that is. Yeah, it I, is. I don't see in what way... That could be a very specific part of Clint Eastwood. <laughs> I, think, I think we could put that on a website. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, and when he's dangling from the side of a cliff. Right. Um, oh, that's him dangling from the side of a cliff? Now, is that yeah. just one part of him dangling from the side of a cliff? Oh, it's the part so far that I've right. made so So basically far. you have to make every, have lo- every part of Clint Eastwood that isn't his genitals. No, this is. Oh, is that what you were thinking? Well, yes. In point of fact, <laughs> <laughs> that, that hot no. pink sausage shape with the with the little bulbous thing at the end kind of um, suggested a. Uh, yeah. Okay. No. All right. Well, Here this is you different. can That's... see the cliff. Okay. Do you see that, the cliff? I don't. That doesn't look anything like even a semi-coherent balloon animal. You know, oh. I think I think we could profitably move towards reviewing this movie at this moment. Okay, rather I'm, re- than I'm ready. Failing I'm gonna, to twist balloon animals. I'm gonna have to go back to this. This yeah, is a I think lot so. yeah. because I'm not getting the cliff the way I want it. No, you're not getting anything. It's not a balloon animal. That's Paula. not true. It's it's, it's oh. a kind of a pretzel shape. Oh. And now it's hot. <laughs> well. I couldn't be oh, less disappointed that no, that happened. You know what? <laughs> I was not careful with the ice axe. Uh, yeah, I guess in the so. Iger yeah, sanction. Oh the my gosh! Axe, the Iger so, Jesus. so to to, to, so to return from that just pointless detour, <laughs> <laughs> you and I got together in my backyard last night and watched. Just watch the living hell out of Pretty Woman. Oh, my gosh. Did we ever? And that was such a huge hit at the time. It was the movie that launched Julia Roberts to superstar. What year did it come out, Adam? 1990. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't think people were in their right mind in 1990. <laughs> I was I was amazed. I mean, my wife had warned me that she had liked it at the time, but that I should be prepared to be... Yeah, Wendell, my assistant Wendell, told me it was a good movie. He and, did? Yeah, yeah. Oh, now I I, I wouldn't advise that you be alone with Wendell at any point. No. (laughs) I think what happened is, you know, there had been, I I don't know, something about it apparently charmed people in the 90s, but I would say that if you go back to it, maybe it won't be as charming. So the movie begins at a party at Richard Gere's lawyer's house, right? It's a fancy party, yeah. It's a fancy party, and his lawyer is... Richard Gere's lawyer is played by Jason Alexander, and they're obviously very close, and they're both terrible people. They establish right away. He breaks up with a long-term girlfriend, Richard Gere does, on the phone, kind of rudely, at the party. Yeah. And and he's some sort of a I don't know what that's called, but a a guy that um, he's Mitt Romney. He yeah he buys he buys uh, companies and chops them up and sells them. Right, he buy yeah exactly which is what Mitt Romney did. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and uh, but he doesn't capital or except for it. Richard Gere Bane. doesn't do anything bad to a dog on his car roof. Um, no, he doesn't. So uh, so that's so that's who Richard Gere is. He's this very rich guy, but icy. He's a little bit icy. I, I, icy rich man goes to L.A. for some meetings to take over some other poor saps company. Right. And he gets lost. Yeah. And, and picks he, up 
he pulls over, and the, these two hookers see him. That sounds like the beginning of a joke. One of them, uh, one of one of them is Julia Roberts, and the other is Laura San Giacomo, uh, made famous in the in the indie film I think like a year before Sex Lies and Videotape, and she's been in a lot of stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. So uh, they are friends and roommates. These two hookers, and they are talking about. They see the car slow down, and it's a very fancy car. He's taking his lawyer's car. It's a very fancy car. It's a very fancy. And car. so the two hookers right away are like, "Well, we want the guy in that car." Right. Right. They haven't even seen the guy. We want the guy. In that car. Because he's rich. Because he's rich. Well, exactly. It's, it's a bit, I mean, hooking is a business. Yeah, well, precisely. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to tell me. Yeah. And, uh. What? Oh, my God, the blisters. Um, so, the, he pulls over. I something every week on this he show. He pulls over and he asks directions of hooker. Uh, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. And, uh. I think, yeah. He then takes her in his car, and she says a couple of, it turns out she knows how to drive, and he doesn't really know how to drive they very well. They end up at, her hotel, at his hotel. So they drive to the hotel. Yeah. He ends up asking her to come, she tells him it's $100 an hour. Right. And then, uh, he, then, then he decides to spend the night with her, but not intending to have sex with her. And I think most people have seen the movie, so I don't know if we have to recap the whole thing, but I think it's important that even though he says, we don't have to have you know have sex together, she he, eventually puts moves on him, and- he does have sex with her. So well, it, is, you know, all it, it is an act sex, of prostitution that launches the movie. There's the never, you never actually see sex in this movie. Uh, and at, when the credits rolled, it turns out it was made at Disney Studios. Yeah, well, so it, it was, never... I've, I've looked into it. It was a Disney film. It was Disney a Disney had an Disney imprint film. called Touchstone, I yeah, think. Yeah. And, and, but that was essentially yeah. a Disney film. When they film. say touch, what they mean is... <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Touch gear. But what, what was, was very strange about it was, all right. So the premise being, you know, the hooker and the and the rich guy who's a little bit, uh, you know, impenetrable. You know, get and, together. And she's incredibly penetrable. And she's very penetrable. Yeah. Uh, ka-ching, ka-ching. And uh, <laughs> and uh, all right. So okay. Suppose- but the way they so now she's in his world of this fancy rich hotel, and of course she's dressed like a hooker, and so all the rich people. People stare at her, and she doesn't really fit in as a hooker. By the way, if you've been to L.A., um, there is no place where a person dressed— Can't dress like a hooker. Right. There is no place. You can no dress place. like a hooker yeah. everywhere. No one However, cares. However, in this movie, as soon as she enters high society, it's like we're watching a Three Stooges movie vision of high society. Like, yeah. Everybody turns around and looks at her, like yeah. these old ladies yeah. going, Oh, my word, I can yeah. see her yeah. neck. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just craziness. Yeah. There's a lot of, I think there's like a stock um, sound of, ooh. ooh. Uh, <laughs> I expected that, that a was fight to break out. But what I thought was, was sort of funny was, okay, so the movie maker has to figure out a way to make it clear that she's not refined. Oh, and, and they, so the way they do a it. A thousand ways. Is she doesn't. Eat. She only eats with her hands. Which and like a squirrel, she and, like furtively <laughs> grabs a croissant and runs off the screen. That's true. She yeah. actually stepped outside yeah, she to eat a outside croissant. To go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but like but the you do when you're not is, rich. The other thing is, she didn't sit in a chair. And when he finally told her to sit in a chair, yeah, like she did. He basically said, "Get your ass off the table." We she have was a lot sitting of on the table, yeah. and so she so she sat like in the chair. Like non-cultured people with, do, with one leg up. And I just think that's so weird that that's how they were showing that she was a hooker. Yeah. Yeah. Was that she didn't eat with silverware and she didn't sit in a chair? And I'm not sure that these are prerequisites to be a hooker. No, I think I think 
I think for one, they're showing that she doesn't fit into that world, which is why everybody's going, oh, all yeah, the time. Yeah, but, but they also, couldn't tell when I, she walked through the lobby of the hotel. They couldn't tell that she didn't sit in a chair and couldn't eat with, with uh, a fork. They couldn't see um, that. Or, so, or could magically transform uh, croissants into pancakes. At one point, she's eating a croissant. And, and, and you and, caught this. I did not. You and were then the good. Next, and then she's eating a pancake. And she's eating the pancake, holding it in her hand with no butter or syrup. Like she's, one might hold a croissant. She just picked it up. If one was a rabbit squirrel. Ate, okay, no matter how much... I don't care if you're fucking a guy every hour on the hour and getting paid for it. You wouldn't eat a pancake with no syrup and no butter. It's just not tasty. I think that's a good point. That's yeah. a fair point yeah. on this movie. It was a very strange choice. Yeah. Like, and now look, look, she doesn't know how to eat a pancake. But then she gets introduced into society, and then it all goes into this like My Fair Lady, you know, right? Like the, Cinderella story kind of thing. She goes shopping. By the way, Larry Miller, funniest thing in the entire movie. Absolutely, your friend Let, Larry Miller. Larry Miller, absolutely, chews up one scene where he's helping her. Get, get one of her two makeover scenes. Where she goes to buy fancy clothes. But, you know, there is a scene where, um, you know, they're in bed together. And, again, you never see them having sex. But they talk um, about the fact that they have had sex. In fact, the only rule that they have, that they both have, is no kissing on the mouth. Because yeah, that is a certain too, kind of inti- too that's too intimate. intimate. Meanwhile. Too intimate. Yeah. Meanwhile, she'll take what he has in her mouth. But, uh... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I, I think that's the first thing they do, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. She's kind of going down on yeah. him, like yeah, in that she first. Does go, yeah. No, no, yeah. I, but I, that's I just take a, casual. Can I take a sidebar for a minute because I want to. That's just a casual. That's a. That's a. That's a. That's, that's a, like a handshake a, to a hooker. That's a getting to know you blowjob. Exactly. Right. That was in the King and I. Yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> getting to blow no, you. Getting, getting to, blow to blow all about you. you. Yeah, that's a wonderful, wonderful scene. I just want to say, okay, there's a scene where... Well, her dress I, is so complicated that that's really the only way to do it in The King and I. They they were... Um, and he's they, wearing easy easy access harem pants or something, so... There's a scene where they're laying in bed and they're just talking, which of course says to viewers, look, look at what a beautiful relationship is building because they're not touching each other. They're just laying in bed talking. Oh, and yeah. she explains how she began to be a hooker. She had some falling out with her mother. Her mother felt that her boyfriend's... Uh, she. She had a couple of bad boyfriends. Yes. And then she had like a falling out with her mother and she sort of ran away to Los Angeles. And she said, well, you know, I had a job as a waitress and I had a job doing something else, but I couldn't make enough money. Right. And then she met this woman who turned her on to being a hooker. Now, I would argue this was 1990. Yes. Okay. I lived in Hollywood in the 80s. Right. But we already established that you would occasionally have salt for dinner with sugar with dessert. I didn't have a lot of money. My point is you can get some roommates. It's probably harder now. I mean, we're going to have more hookers now than we used to have. Right. Because it's probably harder now uh, with how expensive things are. But you could get some roommates. Right. And you could live in Los Angeles. The idea that her only alternative right. was to be a hooker. And she clearly didn't like doing it Yeah, either. she said she cried the whole time. The first time the she first cried the time. whole time. Yeah, it Whereas was a sad story. when she blew Richard Gere, she only cried for the first few minutes. Right. Um, we didn't see any of that. But, no, that's, we didn't, that's not, no, we didn't I, I see that. But flip okay. over some cards here because yeah. I told you this last night um, after I'd seen the movie because my mind was a little bit blown. The, one of the reasons I avoided seeing it was because – my first job out of college in the early 90s was teaching at an after-school program um, in, in Winchester, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And the third and fourth and fifth grade kids, especially the girls, had Pretty Woman as one of their favorite movies. Especially like the fourth and fifth grade girls. They, they, that was their favorite movie. Like almost every one of them had seen it. And I just kind of knowing what the, that, what the outline of the plot was, 
I was like, well, that's one movie that I never want to see. Yeah. And then and having the whole seen it, it was we... exactly, I was right not to watch it in the 90s. The whole time we were watching last night, Adam just kept going, the second and third graders saw this. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> it's, 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 it's 20 odd years later and I'm, I'm still outraged. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, how I feel about the birds. Um... <laughs> so wait, do you, do you have your notes from last night? Because I, I remember I had you write one quote down that was just amazing. Oh, I know, I know. Okay, I, wait. Okay, there is a scene where they have something akin to sex anyways. I don't know if it was like Bill Clinton sex or if it was something akin to sex on a piano because he's a piano player. Oh, I think I think he's... Dropping down on her on that one. Yeah, yeah, he's working. Yeah. His, who, who knows where where yeah. he ends up? But he is definitely yeah. working his way down her. Yeah, on, on, yeah, it's a yeah. returning to favor. Yeah, but well, for no money, you know, it doesn't have to be. You know, they're not keeping score, but still. Yeah, well, she is. Um, but okay, let me just say this. Uh, a, she is so lucky that he was not a euphonium player. Yes. Uh, <laughs> number one. Yeah. And B. Yeah, I, I don't even want to turn around and ask, but I am guessing that, <laughs> that Angelina is right now signaling, yes, it is impossible to have sex on top of a euphonium. I would, I would, I would strongly suggest that it is not possible to have pleasant sex on top of a piano. I think you're right. It's, it, a, it's a hard surface. Uh-huh. And, uh, and it's very high. Hard surface it's higher than sex one's waist. is not, is, I doesn't look appealing to me, I yeah, mean, but, if but, hard but surface sex was appealing, yeah. then when someone had a pool, they would drain it. Why? To have sex on the cement on the bottom. Well, there's plenty of hard surfaces that one can get to in one's house yeah, that would not you, require draining a pool. If you really like hard surface sex, there's nowhere okay, uh, better than right, the deep end. I agree it's not a very appealing idea, yeah, but it's, uh, as we've established, sex doesn't appeal to you. No, it doesn't appeal to me. But if it was like, if my if my spine was being thrust into a piano, it would appeal less to me. I hear that. Um, I hear the that. The other thing, there's a scene where they're in the in the bathtub. There's okay. actually two bathtub scenes. They spend scenes. a lot of time having sex, uh, which, which let's stipulate she is being paid for the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she was being paid. Uh, uh, they made a deal. He's keep, he asked her to stay for the week. He has some business reason why he wants her to go to like some function with him. But he asked her to stay for the week, and they calculate how much that'll cost. Yeah. And, uh, I think yeah, it's $3,000 so, for the week. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyways, at one point, they're in the bathtub together. Right. And um, for some odd reason, I, I still understand why they did this. But you know those horns that they blow at, like, um, a football game or something? What are they called? Horns? Like, just... The, Vuvuzelas? Like, the, like the, the things that you... There was a... There's a, there was a bathtub scene. I, was, I saw the bathtub scene. I did cut, not see the Vuvuzela. They're cutting to the next scene, okay. and when they do so, they, you know how sometimes they'll bleed the sound from the next scene into the... Oh, and there's a horn being blown. They did that with a horn, and it sounded just like... One of them had farted in the bathtub. Oh. It took me a minute to realize that's not well, what it that, was. You, and yeah, I thought. You were probably so confused. You didn't even mention that to me last night. No. I believe no. the next scene, and I want to bring this up, was the p- big polo scene. And I was thinking, again, you know. We're in Three Stooges land. This is what rich people do. They <laughs> they go, they attend polo matches. and, and, and Oh, I know rich people that do go to polo matches. Really? Um, yeah. So there was. A, yeah, a there was the whole The, the whole thing, um, for people who are familiar with Sweet Charity, the movie was sort of like Sweet Charity without the realism. Um, okay. At one point, uh, okay, this is when they have the big, I don't know in what act it was, but they, they of course, you know, they break up at one point and right. then come back together again. And when they break up, it's because 
uh, the week is over. Mm-hmm. And he now, you know, they both feel sad that the week is over. But they can't admit it to themselves or each other. Right. They, they, so they part. So they, well, they're about to part. And he offers her an apartment and he would, you know, stop by to be a kept occasionally. Woman. Yes, yes. And she, it's, she, you know, she tears up and storms out and she says, never has anyone made me feel as cheap as you did today. Yeah. Which is a little, it doesn't ring all that true for someone who went for him because of the car that he had. And who has made her career walking up and down Hollywood Boulevard. Because she didn't feel that waiting tables was profitable enough. Yeah. You know, you can get an extra shift waiting tables. But I think what she was saying... Is that because her emotions had become involved? Yeah, because she'd kissed him on the mouth. So she'd that, kissed him on the we, mouth. We right, now right. Know. So I think what she's saying in that moment is because because I've kissed you on the mouth, now when you treat me like that, it is the most degrading thing that's ever happened. Okay, well, keep in mind, she accepted money and clothes for sex. Uh, uh, and so... Uh, yeah, it was a transaction. She got her emotions involved. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the same thing happened to me when I used to sell sunglasses. You know... <laughs> She was a little bit like how people are with religion sometimes, you know, when it was convenient to her to be, uh, to, to feel cheapened, she felt cheapened. And when it wasn't convenient wow, to her, you have she didn't no sympathy feel for her. cheapened. Uh, See, now I want to, I want to take on him. And then he says, yes. and this is the line this that you, the line that I, I never to. treated you like a prostitute. Yeah. Now he that line said that. made me want to throw my TV out the window. <laughs> and we were and I would already have to take in your my backyard. TV inside to right. throw it out again. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that, that's just, in every way he treated her like a prostitute. Yeah, like the way he bought clothes for her. Uh, listen, if this is the best <laughs> rom-com ever made. It is considered one of the best. And it's got I, a lot of the elements that, like, one of the things that you notice in rom-coms, and I, I noticed it years ago in things like When Harry Met Sally, but it's been a, consistent all the way through, is that all the other characters talk about nobody but the two main characters. When huh. you hang out with your friend, like, let's pretend we're in a rom-com together. Yeah, uh-huh. and And... This is about you, uh, and I'm your best friend. Okay. And I'll be like, Paula, <laughs> you just don't ever seem to be able to stop doing what you're doing, do you, Paula? It's really funny. Now ask me something about myself. Okay. How, and how are you, Adam? Oh, you know, I'm no Paula Poundstone. <laughs> wow. So do you love him or not? So, no, but it, she talked to the roommate about what the roommate was going to do. Very briefly. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a you're... nod towards, to, towards sketching in a life. No, I think this was really more Julia Roberts, who likes a lot of... The other thing, by the way, she had this big red curly hair. It was very, very beautiful hair, but mm-hmm. never did it flatten in any way from sleeping. And the same thing, Richard Gere's hair never moved. He had a hair helmet yeah. the entire time. Yeah, well, that's kind of a rom-com thing. Yeah. Like, they're, like, they're like romantic superheroes. Yeah, they you know, really they, were. They're they, always they in were, the same costume. They were impenetrable yeah. in most ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Except one. Anyways, I would... Uh, so, I, I, okay, the last thing I would say is that the sex must have been incredible, the sex that we didn't see, because yeah. there was nothing appealing about him at you all. do not find him attractive. I, no, it's not that he wasn't attractive. It's just a, as a partner. I mean, keep in mind, she's had sex with lots of men at this point. Right. As a partner, th- there was nothing about him. That didn't have to be drawn out like that, you were pulling teeth. There was there was just nothing compelling about him as a human being. Well, it's arguable that what was compelling about him was his money. Well, exactly. But, you know, he never treated her like a whore. No, except for paying her. <laughs> and I she, just want to say. She did not have a whore mark. I just want to say this. No tattoos Not a in the entire one. film. No nope. tattoos. Well, it was a different time. I want one more thing. I want to uh, point out is that 
this catapulted uh, um, Julia Roberts to stardom. Yeah. There was a host of other women, known and some unknown, who turned down that role before it went to Julia Roberts, yeah. including Karen Allen, Molly Ringwald, Meg Ryan, Diane Lane, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Daryl Hannah all turned down Pretty Women. Woman, a couple of them because they thought the script was degrading. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I think the script was degrading, and uh -huh. I think Karen Allen made a mistake. Because <laughs> <laughs> she just had to wait around for that next Indiana Jones. Yeah, how many years could you wait, Indy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you might, you might have a, yeah. you might have a point there. Um, Indy, do you mind if I do Richard Gere while I wait? And I, and I know this particular uh, subject is is was important to you. Um, she got a Academy Award. Best Actress nomination for that role. Well, yeah, but you know what you have to know is what were the other nominees that year? Tony Anita Hall, would you look up the other nominees for Best Actress in that year? Yeah. And keep in mind, she didn't win. She didn't I win. I mean, you, you know, you're looking for, it's, there's, there's five in each of those categories, right? right? To come up with five, really, Academy Award winning Worthy performances in yeah. one year yeah. is, so is maybe she challenging. I mean, she wasn't bad. No, she, she wasn't bad. I um, don't find her convincing as a prostitute? No, um, I think part of the thing... Well, first of all, I think a lot of prostitutes don't have good teeth. Yeah, and she had great teeth. Yeah, Gigantic great teeth, teeth, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she had very healthy skin and yeah, good teeth. Absolutely. A lot of good makeup even before. Yeah, but just yeah, her demeanor so. didn't seem like... Uh, you know, like her friend, Laura San Giacomo, she's like, I bought her yeah. as that. Yeah, you, you but, bought but her? Well, the then she was a hooker. She, yeah, exactly. Okay, so that year nominated was Kathy Bates for Misery. Angelica Houston for The Grifters, Meryl Streep from Postcards from the Edge, Julia Roberts for Pretty Woman, and Joanne Woodward for Mr. and Mrs. Bridge. Did Joanne Woodward turn down this role? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Kathy Bates? Kathy Bates uh, came very close um, and even took a screen test for it, but ultimately decided that uh, she was um, uh, too good for Richard Gere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame her. Yeah, there were a lot um, of people. Dame, anyways, Dame Judi Dench turned it down. If this... <laughs> <laughs> it's the best uh, rom-com ever made. It's one of the rom-coms ever I made. Then I would discourage people from, from going to see the new one. Yeah. So, and so ultimately, do you give Pretty Woman a thumbs up or a thumbs down? I give Pretty Woman a, uh, well, I like it that you're choosing thumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We'll make it more appropriate. Do you give it a thumb in or a thumb out? I give it a, <laughs> I give it a flaccid. A flaccid, a dangling <laughs> Thumb. A dang like, dangling part like of the Eastwood hanging from a cliff. How about you, Adam? What about me? Uh, what's your what's, <laughs> what's your recommendation? What's my read, read on all this? Yeah. All right, I've got to give um, uh, Pretty Woman an emphatic thumbs down. I think it's a movie whose time has passed, even if it was great at the time. However, I would say, yeah, give Isn't It Romantic with Rebel Wilson and Liam Hemsworth a try because it sounds like that movie is deconstructing all the things that are kind of typically wrong with romantic comedies or cliche about romantic comedies. So I'd say, so I say, yeah, why not? Get 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 some of your, you know, get some of your dollies this Valentine's Day in the movie theater. All right, well, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. We'll be right back after this. Come back to WKEP at night. Up next... Looks like we've got a PSA from local forest ranger, Duck Newton. Do I start now or? Yeah, I lean in, Duck. Yeah, sorry. Um, okay, I, I wanted to address the unfortunate situation that, okay, listen, two people, good people that I and a lot of y'all have known our whole lives are dead. 
torn to shreds a by a savage uh, bloodthirsty beast that defies human comprehension if you'd like to know more stop by the cryptonomica kepler's premier museum of the macabre just off highway uh, come, come on we just wanted to warn y'all to to beg you if you see one of those things out in the forest don't fight don't scream run Run as far as you can. Doc, it's almost midnight. Listen, folks, if you see anything, please go to thelamplighter.org and let us know. And get behind a locked door tonight. Anything else we need to... Oh, they're leaving. Okay, well, that's thelamplighter.org, and stay safe out there, Kepler. Greetings, I am Plek Dexsetter, contacting you from the Zik Squadron, which is frankly uh, sort of crappy, but I'm, I'm here on a heroic mission with my trusty crew, C-53. <laughs> heroic feels like an exaggeration. Okay, part. sure. And, and uh, security officer Dar. Plek, don't put me in your stupid recording. Well, and we're all traveling aboard our trusty starship, the Bargerian Jade. Bargy. What? Sorry. I'm awake. I'm awake. I was, it's fine. I was just flying while asleep. Hey there, this is Alden Ford. I play Plek, and we are so excited to announce that our podcast, Mission to Zix, is now part of the Maximum Fun Network. Our third season launches on Max Fun on March 20th. Binge seasons one and two right now. That's Mission to Zix, Z Y X X. Our show is artist owned and listener supported. In fact, that's the Maximum Fun motto. And one way you can help us raise funds to keep us going is to buy one of our Maximum Fun. T-shirts. Yes, we have Maximum Fun. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone T-shirts. They're only available at MaxFunStore.com, and they come in a variety of sizes, not just one. No, many sizes. And a variety really of nice. sizes. Yeah, yeah they, they've got our nice. logo. Yeah, Adam was wearing it last week. There's the logo on the front, um, and uh, on the back is a uh, memorable quote, a memorable piece of advice, and I believe it is, uh, never take your kid to an orthodontist who is sending his kid to college or putting on a deck. Yeah, which is great. It's a, it's a Poundstonian piece of advice in a nice longhand kind of font, and uh, it's handsome. You'll want it. Get it at maxfunstore.com. And you can tell a friend about Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. You could. Before we say goodnight, if every listener tells a friend about Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, we can have 10 more listeners in no time. No time at all. For those of you a little shy to do so, here's some simple sample dialogue. You wrote some sample dialogue. I did. Oh, this is great. Listener's friend. You look absolutely radiant. Listener. Why, thank you. I listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, and it leaves me with an irresistible glow. That's a helpful tip. That's a helpful tip. I don't know how often that's going to come up, but if someone is accused of radiance, you might want to reply in that yeah. way. Yeah. Now, if you want to submit a theme song or if you have an idea for the show, email us at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And you can follow both Paula and me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by that lady, Paula Poundstone, and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Captain Crinkle Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Technical direction by Ray Horseman. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Angelina No. And thanks again to our guest, Katie Chen. Our head of security was Jonah Knuckles Glickman. Transcription services for the show are provided by TranscribeMe. For your special Paula Poundstone-specific discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at TranscribeMe.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me?
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.